0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today?
1: Well, I was about to say I'm in mourning over the basketball game last night, but I'm really not. You know, I'm, I'm more philosophical about it. As shocking as it was to lose as a 10-point favorite at home to an average team, it was actually super predictable not as an indictment against this particular bunch because we're playing so shorthanded, but as an indictment against the last four to really 12 years of Alabama basketball where we repeatedly do enough to get onto the bubble and then in February crash off of the bubble by losing to really average teams often at home. Cecil Hurt himself put out the stat where something like Over the last four years, seven and 11 in SEC home games in February, which is outrageously ridiculous considering that, you know, that we haven't really been terrible in any of these years. We just, every February, we lose two or a couple of home games that we shouldn't. And frankly, it had already happened in the Arkansas and Tennessee games. You know, we shouldn't have lost those games either, but nevertheless, here we are. Yeah, here we are, and um, it's very frustrating.
0: I, I think I'm as upset as anybody. I'm, I'm sure everybody that listens this podcast or is an Alabama fan is upset, and they should be. Frankly, this is one of the maybe the only time so far in his tenure that I kind of looked at Nate Oates and go, "This is kind of on you." Now, if you want to say injuries again, we we've beat that thing to death. That's fine. Um, if you want to say uh, you know, we're not getting calls at home. That's also very true. I've never seen a home team with more of a referee disadvantage than us. I mean, just to put it in perspective, now I know Tennessee shot a shitload more free throws than us, I think Missouri did. Um, but Texas AM shot 27, we shot nine. Part of that, though, is our style of play. That's hard to deny. Um, I can also say you know if our if you wanted to be a natos defender and say hey Texas and m is a, a, one of the worst 3 point shooting teams in the country and they shot 11 of 24 against us including one that they just threw up before the shot clock late in the game it's true it's all true now having said all that we had every reason to win this game and they had no reason to win this game and yep we had a lot more on the line and we had the game in hand. It wasn't like we came from behind. We had to get, we were up six with four minutes to go or something like that. And we pissed it away. Um, and what, what really struck me was it kind of felt like um, Texas A&M was playing with us for a while until they, they're, and I think this may have been their game plan towards the end of the game when they know we're tired because we don't have the depth, they start pounding it inside because they know, okay, by this time in the game, uh, first of all, Beetle Bolden already fouled out. So they got to put somebody like a David uh, Davis in or, um, you know, one of the other big guys that can't play very well. And we put those guys in all of a sudden their big guys start eating our big guys lunch. And they're right. we're not getting there for helping time because we got rubber legs because we don't have enough. Uh, guys correct. playing minutes, so I mean, it's look. And I, I'm not trying to make excuses. Texas a and just beat us, and but I, I again, I think this is kind of on oats. I mean, I, he didn't call a timeout when I thought we clearly needed Agreed. a timeout. Agreed. Um, man, I, I I just I look at this and go, and then but here's the other point that's kind of weird, and it's also just Alabama bad luck this particular year in all sports, seemingly. Jaden Shackelford, who had been lighting it up, gets two very open looks at a three pointer, misses them both, then goes to the stretch, the foul line, misses three three point, or three three free throws. I mean, that's amazing.
1: What's unbelievable is Luke is we could have stretched out the lead early. We had chance after chance. Uh we we could have stretched out the lead early. Uh, we could have uh, taken a lead early in the second half and stretch it out we didn't do that and then even after we choked up the lead and am took the lead uh, they continually gave us chances down the stretch and 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 we didn't uh we, we know we, we couldn't come through because we continued to miss shots open shots uh shots that you would expect us to make even though a lot of them were threes um and, you know, and we get our best free throw shooter at the line at the end. And it wasn't much of a chance at the end, down by four. But shooting three free throws, you make two, you have an intentional miss, you hope for a rebound. And we couldn't even pull that off because Shaq missed all of the free throws. It really is, it's crazy uh, what happens to us. And just when you think we've gotten good at closing out games, we we are still ridiculously bad at it. But now, that being said, I don't disagree that you say this one's on Nate because we're a better team than a and I know we have injury issues. I know we have depth issues, but we're playing at home and favored by 10 for, for good reasons. We were the better team. We should win that game, and we didn't. That is on Nate Oates. Um, it's just,
0: <laughs> again, I feel like Texas A&M – did a good job of biding their time, waiting for us. I think that's the game plan to beat us. I mean, not that you need some special game plan. I mean, you're not playing Gonzaga. But I think the game plan for us is hang around. Don't get caught up in all the three-pointers. Hang around, and eventually Alabama's fouls will take their toll. And the fact that they'll be tired as shit by the end of the game also takes
1: a toll. It's Um, It's like give Alabama time. If you give Alabama time, you give Alabama time, they'll lose the game.
0: Exactly. You know? And I, and you know what? That's what we know. That's what – that's where we're Vikings. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you know, the other thing is Beetle Bolden did a good job of getting us in a position to take the lead in the first half and take the lead to halftime, and he did a good job of that. He came out just like a turnover and foul machine in the second half.
1: Um, it, it, well, the it, whole team played bad in the second half, but Beetle in particular, yeah.
0: He played very poorly. Um, Alex Reese and and Petty in particular,
1: both just didn't look like they wanted to be out there. And Petty. we've got, we we can't win games without Petty playing well. And it's very frustrating when he does his disappearing act.
0: Why, why isn't he more into this? I mean, I don't, it's, it's a lack of leadership across the board on the team that is that is bothersome, and that's not Oates' fault necessarily. He's trying to instill something in these guys, but it's more of an indictment on the previous staff because who on this team is a leader? I mean, I, Herb. But see, you know, Herb. That I I, I go he's back quiet. Yeah, he's, he's quiet. He's, and here's the other thing that I where I think Oates screwed up. I wouldn't have started Herb. Don't start him. He. He's more of a guy who can come off the bench, and everybody goes, "Okay, here he comes." Now we can get our shit together. And when he's when you start him, you you it's almost like you forget. Oh yeah, that's right. He's got a cast on his shooting arm; he can't shoot. I mean, he could. Yeah, couldn't when, shoot. when Herb's
1: on the floor, you don't really have to guard him. And I've noticed I kind of tried to watch that. When Herb's on the floor on the offensive end, the other team doesn't so much guard him. They they it's kind of like five on four, you know. And the other team, yeah. you know, is smart enough to adjust to that pretty pretty well. Uh, but Herb is just so good on the defensive end; it's hard to, to to take him out because even with one hand, he's our best defender by a country mile. So, uh, gosh, very, very frustrating. But in the end, it's this. And and again, some people call them excuses. Sometimes they are, but but really, what they are is reasons. We we got eight guys. We got eight guys, and 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 Herb's got one hand, and we 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 don't play well at the end of halves because that's when you're most tired. You're most tired after playing for for 18 minutes on the clock, uh, that's when you get tired. And that's why we're not closing it out, in my opinion. We're, we're tired, and it's understandable because we only got eight guys and and and, and even not all eight are 100%. So I, I get it. It's still a transition. We've still achieved some nice things. The season is not over. It's not over. We still have a puncher's chance here. Uh, what we've got to do, though, if if there is any dwindling candlelight of a flicker, we've got to beat either Ole Miss or Mississippi State on the road. I don't think we have to be both. It would be nice. It would be nice. It would be super helpful. But we don't really have to. I think we've got to win one of the next two on the road and then win out and then maybe. but gosh, I don't even want to talk about doing that when, you know, we had a kind of a clear path and then we lose maybe the easiest game left, you know, so nothing's going to be easy with this bunch. We've, we've only got eight, eight guys I and mean, it's just not going to be easy.
0: Yeah. that I mean, last night was a real bring down. I mean, I, I'm, it's, Ugh. I had a hard time even going to bed. I was just like, man, you know, I've been, I've been so looking forward to Wednesday because I was thinking, okay, we're going to, yeah. and I, you know what? I, I have no problem saying that. I didn't go to the game either. Um, but I thought the crowd was kind of shitty. I, I mean, they just – they it's the same people with the same leg cross. And the, there's some empty seats for sure. But it's also just the same old dudes that are there in the front row that they only cheer when they're bitching. They, they like to either bitch about a missed call or have a scowl on their face when we miss a shot. And we need – people to lift this team up. As I said, if no player is going to stand up and be a leader and if Nate Oates isn't at that point yet to be viewed upon as the leader of the team, then the crowd has to be the, the, the entity that lifts this team up. And the the crowd hadn't really been there. It was for LSU. It was for Auburn and that's great. Those are easy ones. Um, it's Texas A&M where it's a problem. And yeah, now, look at our schedule, Jimmy. I mean, look at the games that have killed us. The games that have killed us are games we should have won that, I mean, better than 50-50 games at home. Penn, we know, lose to Penn by one. We missed two free throws at the end, which has always seemed to be a killer for us. Uh, Texas a obviously. Tennessee at home, we lose by one. Arkansas at home, we lose by four. I mean, that's,
1: you win those four games, you're, shit, you're six or seven seed yeah oh if we've we won all four of those games we're not even talking about being in the bubble we're in and we should have won all four and we're practically four possessions away from winning those four heck we lose to some extent we beat Penn. we lose to Penn because kyra isn't making free throws and we lose to to uh to Texas a&m with jade not making free throws it's so symbolic of falling short it's like God, we get it right where we want it. We still can't make it happen. And uh, gosh, it's so frustrating. But you know what? You know what? Instead of bitching around, let me just sum it all up here. Something tells me that we're going to have better luck in closing out these games when we have 13 good players. We have neither 13 players nor all good ones. And something tells me we'll be a luckier team when we do. Yeah. The, I so mean, I agree. there you have it. Yeah. All that's
0: true. All that is true. And and the things we're saying, like you said, I mean, a naysayer would say they're excuses. I, I get that. Um, I, I'm with you. They're more like reasons. But the, here's the thing, Jimmy. I mean, it's, it can't all be luck when, I mean, we just missed two free throws that's in the game against Penn, against Texas AM, a team that's not good. We let them go on a huge yep. run at the end of the game to take over. Tennessee is not good. We had a nope. huge seed. Uh, Arkansas is
1: not good. They've lost five in a row since they beat us. Yeah, our failures this season, Lucas, it's just, it wasn't our failure to beat good teams. It was consistently losing to mediocre teams at home. That's why we're not in the tournament. Consistently right. losing to mediocre teams at home. It's not like, well, we just didn't have the horses for LSU. We didn't have the horses for Auburn. No, no, we actually do. Yeah, but we just didn't play well uh, at home against mediocre teams. So, anyway, back on the road. Sometimes playing on the road draws a team closer, gets a little more intense. It's a business trip. Ole Miss has one. Now, I've not seen a lot of Ole I Miss. I, I Ole Miss is a team I haven't seen a lot of, but I do. Know, this is what I do know. They got one badass dude. Uh, Tyree is his name, I believe. Brielle Tyree. Yeah. Yeah. That dude is good. He's good as heck. He's one of the best players in the nation, not just the SEC. He's really good. I think beyond him, they're extremely average. Extremely average to bad, even. Now, they've they've had some good wins at home, like everyone in the SEC. Uh, so, it's not going to be easy, and dealing with Tyree is going to be tough. Maybe Herb, maybe the uh, glove comes off on Herb Saturday. That might be a a thing. Uh, But let's see. Let's see. I I, I think just as it's predictable, Luke, that we would choke up that game to A&M, maybe it's a little predictable that we play really well on Oxford Saturday.
0: Uh, You know, I'm not going to hold out a lot of hope right this minute, but maybe you're (laughs) right, Uh, you know. The good news, I mean, Josh Primo uh, has reclassified. It looks like he will commit to Alabama. Um, that's a big positive. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but that's for next year. It's going to be a long freaking summer, man. I'm between the football stuff that's happened and the you know with all the injuries and not making the playoffs and uh, and now the basketball shit. Not probably not making the NCAA's. I'm I'm just sort of I'm ready to sort of get into midway through summer so I can get excited about something again.
1: Well, I mean, I know baseball, softball doesn't do much for you, uh, but like it does for me, a little exciting. The baseball team's four and zero. Now they haven't beaten anybody good, but but the baseball team's four and zero. The softball team is off to a perplexingly weird start. Maybe that will generate some interest, just in the sense of we were supposed to be completely dominant and we're four and five. Yeah. <laughs> so that that, and I, I will say this: I'm not saying that anything good comes of that. I'm just saying. Well, that makes things interesting. We thought we'd be nine and oh, we're four and five, but uh, but at the same time, I'm not the type to, to panic, or I mean, there's probably some things we can straighten out. It's the same girls, they just gotta get their head, sh- head screwed on straight. And uh, you know, uh, Montana Fouts uh hasn't pitched well, which is sort of like saying Mike Trout hasn't hit the baseball well. I mean, like, yeah. what, what, what do you, what do you mean she's not pitching well? She's a machine. Well, she, well, ends up she's partly human, so. We've got to uh we got to figure that that out and that's all fine. But there is good uh we do have good football news. Do we not I've been away from even my texts for 2 hours with uh with that law practice thing I do on the side. But uh is it not now confirmed that Steve Sarkeesian is remaining at Alabama as we yeah. uh, as we tape this?
0: Yeah, it is the the reports are coming out, you know, reportedly uh, he is staying. It sure seems like he is staying, which is a huge <laughs> positive. I mean.
1: Oh, man, look, absolutely. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. For oh, two or three reasons. First of all, I think he did a really good job last year. And I know the comeback to that is, did you see some of the Blake Allen And duh, who wouldn't do a great job with Tua and those freaks at receiver and Najee and that line? Yeah, all true. But you know what? Next year, guys, next year, look at the AP top five. Look at the AP top five all of those teams are supposed to be good because they're really talented. One of them won't be. I don't know which one of the five, but one of them won't be good. And, and the point that I'm trying to make here is, you know, sometimes when you're good, it still doesn't work for all sorts of reasons. And Sark made it work. Yeah, he had a lot of good parts to work with, and he didn't have a toughest job scoring 50 a game as, say, the guy at Bowling Green does. But he did a good job with – with, with uh, we gave him a lot to work with, and what did he do? He produced the highest-scoring Alabama team in school history. He also has groomed Tua into a top-five pick. And I know Tua showed up with a lot of talent, but Tua didn't show up the you know fifth pick in the draft. I mean, that, that, Sark did an excellent job taking Tua's talent and turning him into a pro quarterback. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Sark staying is really good. Oh, and here's the greatest thing I'll say about Sark. We have the best quarterback in school history – goes down and is replaced by a guy that our entire fan base yawned they yawned. Mac Jones made people yawn. Nobody said oh he sucks. But like Mac Jones was didn't excite any Alabama fans. So what does Sark do? He puts Mac Jones out there. Our production barely dipped. It it did it dip? Of course it dipped but it barely dipped going from Tua to Mac Jones. And why? I'll tell you why. Sark, that's why. So it's a really good thing that he stayed. Uh, he's going to get a good raise. He's well deserving of that. In my opinion, he should be. He just had the highest scoring offense in the country. Why should he not be the highest paid offensive coordinator in the country? So uh, he's also an excellent recruiter that is 100% responsible for getting Bryce Young. People don't know the story. Uh, you know, that, that's fine. But, but Sark is 100% responsible for Bryce Young being in Tuscaloosa. So uh, I'm thrilled that he's staying. I think he does a great job. Uh, so happy uh, that, that he'll be around another year. And, and for those that don't, you, you go look on the message boards at the arguments today on all the message boards when it was assumed Sark was leaving who the new OC should be. There was not one name out there that generated everyone's excitement. It was mostly a lot of bitching and complaining. So uh, it's a damn good thing Sark stayed. So there's our good news uh, is uh, Sark will be back as offensive coordinator next season and making a, a bunch of Sark money.
0: Um, speaking of football, 24-7 had some updated rankings come out. Drake may makes a big jump uh, to number 32 player in the country. Of course, the well-deserved, uh, Yeah, the quarterback committed from, uh, from North Carolina. And, you know, I guess it, n- nothing is certainly solidified until he signs, but, you hope he stays in the class. It could be a little scary. He's assuming like I do that Bryce young will eventually win this job because I am yawning at Mac Jones. No, that's not, <laughs> that. um, but, uh, but, <laughs> that's but I just think Bryce young eventually wins this job. And if that is the case, then will Drake, you know, Drake may stay committed to Alabama. I, you know, who knows? I mean, I would probably say no, but you know, stranger things have happened. Um, and then some other guys that Alabama's after made some nice jumps as well. I thought it was kind of funny uh, that Lee Hunter from down in down your way, who's committed yeah. to Auburn, made a big uh, jump backwards uh, out of
1: five star status. I don't yeah, know. I can't, I, I can't or, explain that. I, I, I don't necessarily agree with it, um, but I can't explain. I would like to know why. I would like someone, and I do know people. As a matter of fact, I know, I know who I can ask and I will ask because not because I care less about Auburn or even Lee Hunter at this point He's definitely going to Auburn. He's not one of these kids that's waffling. He's going to Auburn. That would only change if Gus Malzahn and his staff are fired before he signs. Uh, other than that, just forget it. He's going to Auburn. Uh, but again, if Gus and his staff change out, then uh, then that would that would throw things open. But anyway, my point, I don't I don't know why Lee Hunter would fall. I'm, I'm very curious as to why I do know this. Maybe it's this. He, he doesn't have a great body. And by that, I mean, while he's a really big guy at 6'5 and nearly 300 pounds, if you look at him, he's built sort of funny. He is big in the belly. He's sort of soft in the upper body. He's not particularly muscular. You look at him and he looks, I, I don't know, I'll say soft, but I'm, I'm saying that without fear for my life because I am might give him the biggest compliment. He might look that way. But then watch the tape. Watch the tape. He ain't soft. He's the opposite of soft. He is a high motor guy for his size with tremendous burst in athleticism. And the way I look at him is once, a, once Auburn, Scott, their version of Scott Cochran, gets hold of him and turns him into a monster, assuming he puts that level of work in, that kid will be unstoppable. Because even with a, quote, bad body, he is a completely dominant player down to down so i i don't get it uh i know uh i don't have national rankings but if i did lee hunter would be i think uh i think frankly where i would rank him is in the top 30 now nationally to me he's a top 30 guy not top 10 not top 15 uh to me he's a top 30 somewhere between 20 and 30 is where i think a kid like him should belong, and I believe they bumped him down to something in the 60s, uh, something like that. But you know, it's not a, it's not a final ranking by any means. He could, he could easily move back up later. Some other
0: guys that made some big moves one way or the other. Um, let's see, one of my guys,
1: one of my guys. I'm ready to brag. Go ahead. Because I watch the say Well, we talked about it. We talked about him here because uh, I've talked about watching the 21 reviewing tape, and there's always two or three guys I've barely heard of, and then I watch the tape, and I'm like wowza this kid is good and uh the kid for me was Jalen White the running back from Dothan uh I I was very impressed with him uh the earliest ranking and nobody should take this seriously but the earliest ranking he was something like in the 300s in the low 300s nationally at the time I was watching his tape going uh uh this guy might be good enough to play for Alabama uh he's really good um so uh Jalen White jumps up 211 spots to something like in the top 150.
0: So, I'm looking I'm I'm planning on watching his tape tonight. Um another guy, James Williams out of Florida. He's yeah. number five player safety. in the country. Safety, safety that Alabama covets and he's crystal balled to Georgia. Then there's Tommy Brockemeyer, who a lot of people think will end up at Alabama with his twin brother. That would be huge. He's number seven in the country. Um Xavier Sori out of Florida is I love that's him. kind of weird. He's kind of, it's kind of weird. He's, he's a hundred percent crystal ball, to Alabama, but they, they stopped giving five stars at number eight right now.
1: I don't know why that is, but they because have. it's so early, I, 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 I sort of like that. I mean, it's so early and I know that a lot of people will never understand it. And I, and I guess it's just because they don't live their whole life in it. Like, like, like I do, but these kids change information changes, kids get better and worse. They never stay the same. And, and, and and the the only rankings that really matter, and and these don't even matter. But the only rankings that really matter will be next February. That's when you can expect the most accuracy in these rankings. Is next February? It's just it's just too early. Um, it's not even uh, the summertime after their junior years. Um, let, it's not even spring break of their junior years. I, it's just too early. I, I'm on board with let's just not move too fast with things like who's a five-star.
0: Now, I, I think that's a good
1: call. It just, it's just odd to see it. Xavier um, Sori, I love talking about. Uh, he's a safety from a little tiny town that's not too far from Mobile called Grace, Graceville, Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. it is, it, it's in Florida, and it's in the Panhandle, but it's not on the coast. It's, it's by the Florida-Alabama uh, line. As a matter of fact, it is just below Dothan. I believe. So like if you go Dothan South into Florida, like Graceville is apparently the first town you get to. It's a little tiny place. Uh, Xavier Sori is is a a national top 10 player uh, per that ranking. And I think that ranking is justified. And he is, by the way, a big Alabama lean. If he's committing anytime soon, it it would be to Alabama. We have a great relationship with him. He's been recruited by Sal Sanceri. He's doing a great job with him. We are projecting him as an outside linebacker, but he is a Swiss Army knife player that could project at numerous spots because he's a big, thick kid, but he's also crazy athletic. Uh, He could play a number of spots, running back, wide receiver, H-back, outside linebacker, inside linebacker, maybe safety. That's how athletic this kid is. But my word of warning about him, I love him to death. I would go so far as to say I'm going to call him a six-star. And by that I mean anybody that plays college football he should be their top priority. That's how good I think he is. But because he is so athletic and can play so many spots, I do have a criticism, and that's, what is he? What is he? Is he this? Is he that? Is he really a linebacker who tend to be dropped out of the womb and not molded? Is he an offensive player? Is, is he a hard-hitting defender? Or is he more of a finesse guy with the ball in his hands? I mean, I, I think those are legitimate questions. Now, would I take him? I would take him if I was the freaking Patriots. I'm just saying with these Swiss Army knife guys, there is a bust factor with them. So that's my Zavian story. story.
0: I, I dig it. I like how you did your little uh, play on words there. It um, wasn't intentional, but here we are couple other things just randomly we'll talk about these rankings a little more i mean again it's so early but you know we're recruiting it, so that's what we do so we've got the uh hsa basketball finals coming up next week i'll be calling some of those i'm very fortunate i'm gonna get to call jd davidson's game oh from sweet School, and i'm looking forward to that he only had about 43 points yesterday or something like number that. one
1: junior in alabama correct and not only number one junior number one junior by by far right oh by a
0: long shot but i also get to call the net which um we'll have christian story playing for him i'm sure oh, so sweet i'm looking forward to that as well So, yeah i got some got some really uh downtown looking games coming up so i'm excited right. excellent uh but i do hate that pinson valley's out because they had cam woods and kool-aid mckinstry and they they got put out uh and, and i i was a bit a bit of a shock but there's a kid for um Oak mountain who's going to be playing that, uh, is one of the top sophomores in the country. And I saw a highlight of him. He's huge. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. So there's go, you know, there's going to be some, there always is some fun games. Of course, Mountain Brooks made it cause they always make it. So Colby Jones, who's committed, who's signed with Xavier will be there obviously. And so there'll be a lot of fun games. We'll have some, some input on that and, and that's that. And hopefully we'll have another podcast
1: before then. I know he signed with Xavier or not Kentucky Duke or North Carolina, but, um, and and I know so little about basketball recruiting compared to football. I, don't, I, don't, I claim I claim no expert status there, but I would be interested to know Alabama's reasoning behind not taking him. And and I'm not I'm not criticizing it at all. I would be interested to be a fly on the wall. At some point, the way recruiting works, at some point, Nate sat down with his assistant coaches, uh, and they made a decision after watching the kid in person and on tape, and they knew him backwards and forwards because he's in Birmingham. And they made a decision not to take him. I'm fascinated by that stuff. That's why I'm a recruit Nick. I love that stuff.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm I, I, would, guessing, I would like
1: to know why.
0: I'm guessing is they probably felt good about Josh Primo's situation. And if you get Josh Primo um, and you may get Keon Ellis, who's the, another junior college guy who's a sort of a wing, I, I guess he can play the point some too. Um, and then if you mm-hmm. got JD Davidson coming right behind them, shoot, I, right. I, I, I kind of get it. I mean, if, if, if
1: JD Davidson does commit to Alabama, I mean, I think that's great. So, very possible the evaluation was a really good player, but we could do better. I, I'm willing to bet that's
0: that had something into it. Now, Colby Jones is very good. Um, and it is a bit of a risk because, mm-hmm. first of all, neither Davidson nor Primo is committed to us yet. So, it's definitely
1: Correct. a risk. That's a burning and, hand thing. Yep. And but, I'm, I'm I'll lead the charge on because you know, you've heard me rant about this, you've known me of a lot longer than the, our podcast listeners and you've 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 been unfortunately burdened with these rants for years i get upset when kids from alabama who were not given the opportunity to go to alabama go somewhere else and prove to be badasses it's very frustrating to me that's, I a, that's a frustrating
0: mm-hmm. now but i'll say more often than not nick saban's been right i'm not so sure anthony grant and anthony grant by the way coach the number five team in the country which just blows my mind <laughs> um, I mean, can you? Um, I mean, what? What are the freaking odds? So, uh. anyway, well, that's that's going to do it for this podcast, Jimmy. We will try to have another one tomorrow.
1: So roll yeah, that and do it. Good. Roll top.